Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. We have a special edition today, uh, something that Jerry and I have been talking about wanting to do, uh, and that's check in on different recruiting classes of the Longhorns through the years. Now, I'm not talking about in 20, 2005. I'm talking about in the last three or four years and see how they're progressing through the university. Uh, we, we really wanted to start with the 2022 recruiting class. Uh, we were watching the game uh, and talking about it as it was going on on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. And it was just obvious that the 2022 recruiting class, on top of what they got the previous two years and even this past recruiting class in 2023, they are kind of headlining or being a, a big piece of the factor here uh, of what Texas is doing this season. The stat that, that stood out to Jerry and I, of the 28 signees from 2022, 14 of those players played on Saturday. So 14 out of 28. That's hitting on 14 out of 28 for a second-year class. Furthermore, attrition. There's only been three of the 28 move on of those 2022 class. By comparison, Tom Herman had already lost more than half his class in year two at one point. I believe it was a 2018 or 2019 class. All of that being said, Jerry and I want to kind of go down and talk about this and why we, we, we think it's important. Uh, Jerry, I'll let you start this off. The class, the class, I want to say this, the class overall was ranked number five in the country with 28 commitments. They also had seven additions via the portal that we want to treat a little bit separately, yeah. but, but they were certainly impactful nonetheless. We do need to talk about them. But the 2022 class looks like it's the backbone upon which this program is being built right now. That's it for me, Bobby. That, that, this was the class coming off of five and seven. There were Texas fans all teetering already. The coaching carousel went crazy in that cycle. This is where you saw Sark be patient in recruiting, stick to their plan, continue. Show us the future of recruiting at Texas under the staff. Stay with their top guys. Stay with their A-list guys. Not go down the list and keep fighting. And they got some help from the coaching carousel. There's no doubt. But this class is twofold. One, they had impact players, multiple starters, seven, eight, nine, ten guys have started games at this point. And then you see young guys that were raw prospects starting to develop before your eyes. So they so they had the highly ranked guys are all starting, which we'll get into. Those mid-range guys are contributing. And then you had some really talented guys that were ranked somewhat highly, but they were as raw as you can recruit at the University of Texas, and they're starting to show signs and become more than flash players. So this class, what, like you said, was the backbone class. It illustrated what Sark and the staff were going to do at the University of Texas. And I believe this class is really going to show the strength of this staff, and that is about is de development. Look, you, you mentioned the top recruits are panning out. The top three in that class, DJ Campbell, Kelvin Banks, Terrence Brooks, all three are starting. Yes. Or near starts. I mean, Campbell's probably a co-starter at this point with Cole Hudson, uh, who's also in this class. Right. Right. He so, 13 games as a freshman. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you've got you, you've got those three Banks, Brooks, and Campbell by uh, turning out the way you thought they would. Banks, uh, however, this is what happens when you get a five star. Sometimes even the five stars, there's there's five stars among the five stars, right? Yeah. And Kelvin Banks is a headliner of this group. Yeah, you had a class of 28 and you got one freshman All-American. 
Yeah. Okay. And you got a guy that is pretty much a lock to be a first round pick after the what 2024 season. Um, so you hit on your highest ranked guy essentially. Um, so you have that freshman All American. Then you know, look, I mean, you have that offensive line class was a difference maker for this program, and they're coming through. Yeah, I mean, Neto's backing up uh, Hayden Connor at this point. We mentioned Cole Hudson. Uh, probably, uh, if he doesn't move to center in the offseason, we'll be surprised. Uh, leaving spot there, Cam Williams uh, is the backup right and left tackle at this point. Uh, a number of those guys, Malik Ogbo is the extra tight end in this yeah. offense. Connor Robertson is one of the backup centers. Uh, you, you just go through, there weren't a lot of misses on that pancake pancake factory group. And right. I think that that we talk about backbone, that may be the backbone of this recruiting class was that those seven offensive linemen of which I don't know that they took one that they would give back right now. Yeah. Which is really, really, that's a, that's a hard thing to get, get, get right. Seven on seven guys, right? No, it, it absolutely is. And they would keep all of those guys right now. Um, they love that offensive line class. And, and let's just say this, they got Quinn out of the portal in that class, which we'll, we'll talk about more, but um, this was the most important position in any class under Steve Sarkeesian. That the will, offensive line? That will be signed because they had to have them. The offensive line had been bad for a while. It was a lack of talent. You're two years away from moving into the SEC. And then now you, what you realize after watching the Alabama game Saturday night is these guys are all going to be really experienced and grown-up players next year when Texas moves to the SEC. And after Quinn goes pro this year, that's going to give a first-year starting quarterback some comfort. Got it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at this right now. So we say the, the offensive line is the backbone of the backbone, right? That's kind of what we're going at. Uh, I look at the quarterbacks. Malik Murphy is the backup right now for Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers was one of the seven portal signees, though. Texas also grabbed Ryan Watts out of the portal that, that year. He's a two-year starter. So both Ewers and Watts are already two-year starters. Then they got Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, who started for Texas. Of course, it, now he was a grad transfer, for he's done. Isaiah Nayor is a backup at this point for Texas. Would have started a year ago. Yeah. Again, you know, just consistently improving the roster. They did sign three guys that didn't do much in that class. Ajay Hall, Tariq Milton, and Jaleel Billingsley. The two Alabama transfers just did not pan out the way they thought. And Milton was a bit player uh, his graduate transfer year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that's that's the thing you look at. I mean, the, the one kid out of the portal that they needed, well, they needed one of the two guys to give them something last year. Nair was before he got injured. And then Ajay Hall. Uh, the crazy thing is neither they got nothing from either one of those guys last year. And you, what were the issues with the Texas team? Playmakers, vertical threats. And they, neither one of those guys were on the field last year for Texas. So when you look at it, that's really the only thing. And that's because of Nayor's injury. If Nayor doesn't get hurt, it doesn't matter what Ajay Hall does off the field, right? That was more of a wild card type of take, as was Billingsley. But uh, this staff is um, from the high school levels evaluated so well, and, and it's becoming really apparent watching these guys grow. Well, you look at the quarterback. We mentioned Malik Murphy. Running back Jaden Blue is already playing. He's, yep. I think he's the heir apparent for the Keelan Robinson role on this staff. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I, hopefully Jaden has patience and can see – has a vision to see that role. Um, but, yeah, that's that's exactly what he is, and I think he can excel there. I think he's a better runner 
than Keelan Robinson is. Obviously not going to be the special teams player Keelan is, which makes him a great asset for Texas. Uh, but as a running back, as a pass catcher, I think he's actually better than Keelan. Well, they actually kind of sneakily took two running backs in that class, but didn't necessarily mean to. Savion Red was initially recruited as a wide receiver, got moved to running back in the spring, uh, and has stayed there. Uh, that that leaves a little bit left to be desired at the wide receiver spot because the only other wide receiver Texas took was Brennan Thompson. Thompson, the speed speedster out of Spearman, has now transferred to Oklahoma. So among uh, Hall, Milton, and Naor, none of those turned out last year, and they really moved uh, Savion Red, and, of course, Brennan Thompson transferred. So right now they did not necessarily hit on wide receiver that year, right? Because no, we've got to no. wait and see what Nayor, what happens with Nayor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's the one position you look at and had an injury there, moved, like you said, read the running back, which, by the way, he was having a really, really good spring. He's just got to clean up some, you know, some stuff there, get out of the doghouse, so to speak. But um, I think he's on his way to doing that. And I think he can still be a factor for this team this season at Ryan. Yeah, I, I think he can be too. He actually played the role of uh, uh, Jalen Milrow in yeah. practice, Steve Sarkeesian said. Uh, at tight end, Texas did not sign a tight end that year. Uh, edge is a little bit different, though. Uh, Texas went with five different edge prospects in that class. Uh, obviously, the star of that group is one, Jerry, that you said was not necessarily highly rated, but has been developed, and that is Ethan Burke. Uh, add him, Chris Ross, uh, and Justice Finkley, and they are seeing a lot of time as the number two, three, and four defensive end in this defense. Yeah, the edge position is actually going to end up being a strength of this class when all is said and done because Ethan Burke's going to end up developing into an NFL draft pick. I mean, that's just the way it looks right now. Justice Finkley is solid in his role against the run, but Chris Ross is going to end up being the revelation here, right? Because he 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 was brought in as a three tech five technique type of prospect when he was 267 pounds last game of his senior year. Then he dropped the 20, 21, 22, 23 pounds. Now back up to 255 pounds. He's playing on the edge, and he is the quickest player off the line of scrimmage at, on the at the edge position. I mean, Anthony Hill's considered a linebacker, so that's different. But but Chris Ross is showing signs that he can become a real factor as a pass rusher for Texas in the future and when you look at that bobby i mean texas has gone from oh where's that where's the rush coming from that ethan burke and ross in this class anthony hill at linebacker in the 23 class and colin simmons coming in at 24. yeah so I, this look, edge class is going to end up being a backbone class too I, I could be wrong i could be wrong jerry about this but ethan burke is a true sophomore he may have star potential i it certainly looks that way I mean, that, and we did not, I mean, as good as he was in high school and what he did at Westlake, we did not necessarily see that coming. You know what, you know what was interesting in the Bama game, Bobby, is people saw the plays he made. Uh, but I, I, I haven't had time to watch the entire game through, but I, I caught some of it. And there was a play, I think it was in the third, late third quarter, right before maybe Alabama, no, it was right before the 20, they scored to make it 27 22, and he was barking at his teammates. And I was like, whoa, this guy's not scared of any moment. He's a highly competitive guy. So we see what we see on the field as far as the plays. But then if you kind of notice the way he is, he's taken on a vocal role in this team at an early age, which is another positive sign. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, that that's a good – again, that's numbers, strength and numbers. One of the things that we've talked about 
is the depth that you get whenever you have 14 of 28 players in a recruiting class play in one game. And that doesn't even include some guys like Jalen Gilbo, who, you know, we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, who are certainly players but did not necessarily see time on Saturday. Uh, defensive tackle, the Longhorns took three. Zach Swanson uh, was was one. Jare Bledsoe clearly won. Aaron Bryant. Bledsoe looks like he could oh, – yeah. I mean, he's starting to mature. You mentioned this. One of Anthony Hill's sacks definitely came because Jare Bledsoe drew two two blockers four yards deep into the pocket. Yeah, there's no doubt. Jare Bledsoe, I think this time next year, is going to be where Ethan Burke is for this team this year. We're going to be – when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Saying, oh, oh, this guy's a dude. Watch out. And that's where you're seeing the player development for me. It's Ethan Burke. It's Dre Bledsoe. It's going to end up being Chris Ross. Uh, like you said, Aaron Bryant, his anchors well against the run. He's just playing behind some really good players. Tavondre Sweat goes pro. If Byron Murphy goes pro as well, you're going to see Sadir Mitchell and Aaron Bryant be anchors, depending on uh, Trill Carter will be back. He's nursing a knee right now. Obviously, he'll be back next season. But you, you're going to see a team that's going to be better over the ball than you think. Uh, Aaron Bryant can anchor against a run. He can play against a run, and that will take on some importance next year. Uh, but the thing to remember with these D linemen, it's you know, it's it's a broken record. It's not Adwater instant player. This is still a very much a developmental position. A lot of these guys will come in either that can play the run, but then you have to teach them how, how to pass rush, or they're really just a natural edge rush type of prospect. Then you have to teach them how to play the run. Uh, so these guys have to be developed from a technical and strength standpoint. Uh, so that's one position, a couple of positions. You can't rush the process, but you're going to end up seeing the results. Yeah. Uh, linebacker Texas actually only took one. That was Trevell Johnson. He has already transferred out of the program. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why you saw Texas take so many linebackers a year ago, Jerry. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and look, in, in the state of Texas, there's some classes that every position's not great every year. Right. And, uh, and I think that's also a move to the SEC that Texas wants a different type of linebacker as well. Uh, but they, you know, what they missed on in 2022 at the high school position, they more than made up for in 23. Got it. Yeah. Cornerback, uh, they took two, one of which is already starting, Terrence Brooks. Uh, the other, Xavion Bryce, is a role player at best at this point. Uh, but so they certainly hit on one of two at the very least. Uh, and that was a late, late steal. From Ohio State, which, by the way, they got another starter in the portal at cornerback, also from Ohio State, Ryan Watts, and also from Little Elm High School. Yeah, that I, I feel like you know the 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 portal helps augment the class. 
Yeah. And when I'm coming out and looking at this, and we're going to grade this class overall in a second here, uh, but as we're looking at this, you get two starters at a, pr a premium position in college football at cornerback in a class. Yep. That's a big win. You yes. get four, if not five, starters and or backups on the offensive line. That's a that's a big-time class. Safety, they had four, Jerry. Yep. They signed four. Uh, Larry Turner, Gooden, B.J. Allen uh, are two of them. Uh, I'm trying to uh, – Austin Jordan and Jaden Gilbo – or Jalen Gilbo are the other two. Jordan and Gilbo have already seen a bunch of time at star, yep. whereas Allen has seen some time uh, at safety. Uh, right now, learning Larry Turner Gooden probably not in that rotation as much as those other three at this point. But I'm telling you, they continue to roll those guys out, and they're pretty strong when you consider Gilbo even started some games last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Gilbo's got that golden triangle toughness about him, right? He, he just got set back by a knee injury that cost him the spring and some of the early summer workouts. Uh, but he's a guy who started multiple games last year when Jade Barron was hurt and started and played well in those games. Then you see Austin Jordan, who played some corner last year as a freshman. Now he's at the star this year. He has an interception in the Rice game, special teams guy. Uh, both of those guys are really good players. And this is where guys just have to be patient because – uh, the guy in front of him, Jade Barron, is going to be a draft pick, and that's what you want if you're Texas. The guy in front of you is a draft pick, but if you wait your turn, we think you'll be a draft pick too. And so that that's where the patience comes in, kind of like the running back position with this 2022 class. If these guys have patience, uh, it's going to turn up spades for them. All right, uh, here, here's another thing. This is where this class kind of sneaks in a couple people on you. Specialists. 100%. Will Stone handles the kickoffs. He's clearly improved in year two. You saw it against – I think Alabama took back one kick. Uh, they didn't want to give Alabama much of a chance there, and they didn't with Will Stone. And then Lance St. Louis, Louis, the deep snapper, also in that recruiting class. So, literally, you don't necessarily count those guys as full-time starters, even though they have a starting role. And that's where, again, the class starts getting sneaky as far yes. as being the backbone of a, of, of a, uh, a class. Um, Jerry, we look at this, uh, you add Quinn Ewers and Ryan Watts to a group that already start, you know, how good has Texas done, not only getting their best players on the field, but in the development process, you mentioned Ethan Burke and Chris Ross, uh, Dre Bledsoe as, as guys like that. And then of course, these offensive linemen, we're seeing, uh, both Cole Hudson came in ready to play. We're right. seeing DJ Campbell and Neto and even Cam Williams being transitioned and groomed into that. What, what what does this all mean? You know, in the in the in the in the wider perspective, things. Oh, I think uh, for three things for me. One, they stuck to their plan in recruiting when the season didn't go well, and they didn't deviate from their plan. And they proved that recruiting through the whistle with these A list targets is absolutely the right thing to do. And it, on some level, it takes some recruiting courage to do that when kids are committed to other schools and your season's not going well. So Sark was stuck with his plan, one. Um, and, and you always know the coaching carousel can help you at the end of a class when you need it. Uh, but So they stuck to their plan, and they mapped out the plan for Texas fans. This is how we're going to recruit the University of Texas. Two, um, frontline starter guys. I mean, multiple starters in this class. Like you said, Bobby, your three highest-ranked guys are starters. Your three highest-ranked guys in this class started against Alabama in the win. And they're just two years into college football. Two years into college football, right? You have multiple and future NFL draft picks in this class. So when Sark says we want to have eight to ten guys drafted every year, 
That's where we feel like we're maximizing this program from a talent standpoint. If you look at this class, uh, high school class combined with the portal class, you're going to get probably eight to 10 draft picks out of this class, or that's the way it looks right now, barring major injury. And I'm, and then that's three, they're developing players. Three, they're developing players. I mean, every kid you take is is not ready-made. You have to develop them, and you're seeing offensive line, defensive line, player development, which is the key spots for development. Got it. Uh, so you, your three, we're stuck to plan. High, high, high-performing players are doing it, and then you're getting after it in development. I'm going to add a fourth, Jerry, and and this is for me, resourcefulness. Sark used everything at his disposal, got Quinn Ewers in the portal, uh, went and got the the specialist that he definitely needed, uh, did some things, and then stayed on those guys. That's that's being resourceful as a head coach and not just taking one way to get things done. He's trying to use every little bit to try to figure out the best way to, to, to construct the roster, not just him, but his assistants, as well as the uh, personnel staff as well. They all deserve a hat tip for the 2022 class. Okay, bringing that all together now. Uh, the 2022 class, you just said you think eight to ten of these guys get drafted. Yeah. Okay, it's a top five class coming in. If eight to ten guys get drafted, that's a top five class going out. Yeah, two of those guys, portal guys, right? So, yep. But if you say, if you were to just to say, okay, Kelvin Banks is going to be a first-rounder, um, Terrence Brooks is going to be a draft pick. Um, DJ Campbell, DJ Campbell, Neto. Cole Hudson. I mean, Cole Hudson, when he ends up playing center, is probably going to be a draft pick, right? Based on how he played against Bama, right? And starting 13 games your freshman year. Yep. You got those four guys. Um, you know, then you get Ethan Burke, Cam Williams. Cam Williams could be. Uh, yep. Then you have Jare Bledsoe, who has maybe he has, besides Banks, he may have the second most pro potential in the class. And we yep. said it when he was coming out um then you know you don't really know what will happen with uh, at the uh defensive back position quite yet outside of brooks i mean gilbo has talent he showed it as a freshman he has talent he has the speed he has the frame he has the physicality austin jordan could he be one of those guys um who knows where chris ross goes but what we're saying is there's enough numbers in that second group of players that all you need is a couple of them to get drafted look they haven't washed out right that I can't tell you how people ask me, well, how come uh, Tom Herman had highly ranked recruiting classes? How come he's not this or that? How come they're not? Because half of them washed out before they even got a chance to develop them. Xavier Alford would have started in year two or three, but he transferred a- after a year because he couldn't handle Herman anymore. Right. I mean, and so look, I look at it. I would, I, this class was given an A by me when it was coming yeah. out and, and it's, deserves an A right now going forward. Yeah, I and, think so. uh, Like I said, I think it was good that for us to do this because this is we, – we can think about it and talk about it. Now, I think the 2023 class is the most talented. Yeah. I want to say that. But I think the 2022 class is the backbone yeah. of what Steve Sarkeesian and his group are building right now. It's All definitely right, the, backbone, anything- backbone, foundation, whatever we want to call it, it is b- that. Yep. It, showed up, it showed up at Alabama Saturday night when they needed it most. Yep. Anything you want to add, Jerry, before we let people go? No, I, I think that's it. I mean, I think just just continue to watch the development in the Texas program because we, I get it. I'm, I'm a recruiting guy. We, we talk about how to path to a top five class, three straight top five classes. But just realize within those classes, there's a lot of guys that maybe rank pretty high or have a high uh, upside of talent, but they still have to be developed. And the stars are probably going to be stars if you evaluate well mentally, on the mentally eval. 
after that, it's about player development. That's what I'm most impressed with the, with this staff right now is initial evaluation and development of players. Got it. All right. Uh, that's Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and on three. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, make sure you check out Inside Texas for the very latest. We have a special going on right now. Uh, two uh, months for just one dollar. Uh, give us a try if you get a chance. Also, please like and subscribe to these videos. Uh, that way you'll get a notification uh, whenever we uh, release new videos all the time. Later tonight, Jerry will be on with Rod Babers for uh, the uh, uh, Tuesday night live stream. Those guys are going to be talking Alabama recruiting and uh, a lot, lot more. All right. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. And this has been On Texas Football.